Hey, welcome back to another episode of More Than Bread. Let me remind you or or let you know for the very first time, if, if it's your first time, that the foundational principle or thought that drives this podcast is the foundational principle of the value of Scripture and the thought offered by Jesus that life is more than bread. In other words, a thriving life requires more than food for the stomach. It requires food for the soul. A thriving life requires more than the stuff we accumulate. It requires the very words that come from the mouth of God. And ultimately, Jesus is the Word of God. But when the Scriptures saturate our hearts, our minds, and our souls, we, I don't know, we start to live in Jesus in a whole new way. So, We've said more than once, when the Spirit of God breathes life into the people of God through the Word of God, thriving takes place. So in this episode, number 156, we are diving into Psalm 145. But before we do that, just let me remind you, as we near the end of our top 40 or 50 Psalms, a few episodes from now, we'll do a wrap-up of the Psalms. And I'd love to have you help me wrap it all up by sending me a sentence or two or even a paragraph or two answering this question What's your takeaway from this two-month-plus look at the Psalms? Do you have a new perspective on God or on prayer? Maybe there was a promise or a picture of God that that just kind of keeps coming through and giving you hope or a theme that just keeps coming back to you. What's your takeaway from this two-month-plus look at the Psalms? And you can send that takeaway to me at dan at calvarysc.org, dan at calvarysc.org, or if you get my D News. Um, you can respond to that. Uh, I just hit reply and respond to that. Even if the D News doesn't t- talk at all about the podcast, just hit that. It comes right to me. And I-, I just say this again. If the podcast has been of value to you, pass it on. Tell somebody. Do a review wherever you get your podcast. Invite someone to listen. And, and and remember, the Psalms was just the most recent chapter. We also went through two Gospels, Mark and John, and a 40-episode read through the whole New Testament, you know, kind of kind of quickly. Um, and now, back to the Psalms. <laughs> open your heart, open your mind, open your ears as I read Psalm 145 from the New International Version. I will exalt you. That word, these are my words, that word just means lift you up. I will... I will make you the biggest thing, the highest thing in my life. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I'll praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. So you see my words again, there's this they, I, we, I. It's it's the corporate, but it's also me personally. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom, and they speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures through all generations." 
The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all that he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him, and he hears their cry, and he saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but the wicked he will destroy. So my mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Psalm 145, also known as the great psalm of praise, is, is a hymn. It's a poem. It's, a, it's an essay that celebrates the greatness and the goodness of our God. And like Psalm 119, it's an acrostic psalm. So in other words, each each part starts with a new letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's not as long as Psalm 119 because in Psalm 145, every verse starts with a new Hebrew letter. But in Psalm 119, every paragraph, basically a grouping of eight verses started with a new Hebrew letter. So Psalm 119 is about seven times bigger than Psalm 145. And to make matters even shorter, for some odd reason, I have no idea why, Psalm 145 leaves out one letter, (laughs) the Hebrew letter Nun. Now, one of the verses that I love in Psalm 145 that we just wrote and read and have quoted many times in in other sermons is is verse 3. And in some ways, I think verse 3 sets the stage or the context of the whole psalm. It's all about the beyond imagination greatness of God. In in the New International Version, it says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. The English Standard Version says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. The New Living Translation says, Great is the Lord. He's most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. His greatness no one can fathom. His greatness is unsearchable. No one can measure his greatness. In the message, it says God is magnificent. He can never be praised enough. There are no boundaries to his greatness. And in the Living Bible, it says his greatness is beyond discovery. It it reminds me of my favorite prayer in the Bible, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. It's one of Paul's prayers, but it's a prayer that he prays. So it's almost like a psalm because a psalm is a prayer that somebody prayed and and in Ephesians 3:14 through 21 Paul ends that prayer with these words Not a him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen I love the way the new American Standard translates it. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ask or imagine. I mean, he's not just beyond what we can imagine. He's not just abundantly beyond what we can imagine. He's exceedingly abundantly beyond. If we could get beyond what we can imagine, it's beyond that. It's beyond beyond. God's greatness is beyond beyond. We, we have a God who can do way more than the more that is more than we can imagine. Eight years ago, Lynn, my wife, wrote a Facebook post that got a lot of responses. I've hung on to it ever since then. She wrote, I love the name that David, okay, that's that's our guy, the author of so many of these Psalms. I love the name that David gave to their place of victory over the Philistines in 2 Samuel 5.20. In the New Living Translation, he didn't give credit to himself as a great leader or to the strength of the military to a great plan. 
He gave all the glory to God by naming that place, the place of their victory. He named that place, the Lord who burst through. She wrote, I love that image of God bursting through in victory. And I want to see God bursting through in my victories, personal victories, ministry victories, family victories, God bursting through and showing up in amazing ways. And and see, Paul is saying that when our God bursts through, he's already way beyond the beyond of our greatest hopes and dreams. He's beyond, beyond. Psalm 36.5 says, God's faithfulness is beyond the clouds. Psalm 147.5, God's understanding is beyond my comprehension. Isaiah 55, 8 says, my thoughts, this is God speaking, my thoughts are beyond anything that you can imagine. In Isaiah 64, 3, when you came down, God, you did awesome things beyond our highest expectations. And of course, Psalm 145, 3, God's greatness is beyond discovery. You'll never come to the end of it. You'll never fully understand his greatness. Psalm 145 proclaims God's reign and his authority. It's his kingdom, his sovereignty, not just over the nation of Israel, but over all nations and really, if you read it, all generations. Psalm 145 just kind of beckons us in, motions us in to join the choir of believers from every corner of the earth, declaring the beyond, beyond greatness and goodness, the beyond, beyond greatness and the beyond, beyond goodness, the greatness and the goodness of God. The greatness and the goodness of God is, it's the heart of God. In fact, verse 8 includes this amazing portrait of God's heart. It says, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love, abounding, overflowing, uncontainable in love. Honestly, you should memorize those words, that verse. If there's anything you memorize out of this psalm, memorize that verse. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Do you know that exact description of the Father's heart is found at least seven times in the Old Testament and the New Testament? In fact, I used it this year in a sermon series on Jonah. He, He said that, Lord, you are gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. See, God's heart is beyond, beyond great. And it's his heart that that calls us deeper and higher. It's his heart that draws us deeper. It's his heart that gives us the courage to go all in for God. Listen, this is so important. I'm telling you, Father, God's heart is stirred up for you. God delights in you. He's relentlessly pursuing you with an extravagantly reckless love. And, And you know what I think? I think very few people really know the intensity of the love God has for them. And And when we know, when we really know that love, we we can't help but want to go higher. We can't help but want to go beyond, beyond with God. We can't help but want to sink deeper into his heart. We We can't help but go all in. All in. You know, put those two words together and it either means tired and worn out like I'm all in. I got nothing left to give. Or it means I'm laying it all on the line. I'm pushing all of my chips to the center of the table. I'm all in. It's the persistent grit of an Olympic athlete and the passionate endurance of a parent. It's the I do moment, the leap of faith, the first step at the crossroads of decision, all in. It's the love burst of surrender, all in. Can't go higher if we're not all in. Are you all in? See, Psalm 145 is the psalm of someone who's gone all in with God. And and I can't I can't help but wonder how many of us how often do I hold out on God because I'm afraid I'll miss out on life. 
But here's the truth. If we don't go all in with Jesus, we'll miss all the good stuff. We'll, we'll miss the beyond, beyond goodness and greatness of our God. And and so what do we do <laughs> with the beyond, beyond goodness and greatness of God? Well, one thing I really love about Psalm 145 is its emphasis on passing on our stories, passing on our stories of God's goodness and greatness to the next generation. Verse four says, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. In other words, each generation is responsible to pass its faith, its story, its experiences with this great and good God. We, we pass it on to the next generation. We pass it on to our kids and our grandkids. We pass it on to the kids in our neighborhoods, on the teams that we coach. We, we pass it on to the students in middle school, high school, Penn State University, and any other school, any other place. We find the generations to come. What does that look like to pass on the stories of God's goodness and greatness to the next generation? And, and really, we, we should verbally tell them. That's one way of passing on the stories. But let me just say this. I think passing on the story of God's goodness and greatness requires more than just words. It's it's more than just telling. It's more than a biography, more than a book. It is that. It includes that, but it's more. It's showing and letting, listen to me, it's showing and letting, letting them join the story of what God is doing. You know, there's a story about David the writer of so many of the Psalms in First Chronicles 28, David, the worshiper, the man with a heart after God, he's got a dream. He wants to build God a house, a temple. But God ended up saying, no, no, David, you're not going to build it. Your son Solomon is going to build my house. Now, now let this soak in for a moment, right? Don't miss this. David has a dream. It's been in his heart for a while. He's not, he's not just a shepherd turned warrior. He's a worshiper. He's a, he's a songwriter with a heart after God. He's all in and, and he wants to leave a legacy that matches his heart for God. He wants to build God a place. I mean, he's got a place. All God has is a tent and he wants to build God a place. And God says no. And I don't know. I think if I was David, I might have argued with God a bit about that. Maybe more than a bit. But what does David do? He goes all in to set Solomon up for success in his own experiencing of God's greatness and goodness. He passes on more than a past story. He passes on a place in the ongoing story. And he goes all in for Solomon's place in the story. Listen to me. That's how you pass on God's goodness and greatness to the next generation, you have to help them find their place in the story. In First Chronicles 28, 8 through 10, David is speaking to his leaders, but specifically he speaks to Solomon. He speaks to the next generation. He says these words. He says, and Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. And if you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he'll reject you forever. So take this seriously, Solomon. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple as his sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. You see what David is doing? He's not just telling a story. He's passing on the dream from one generation to the next. David gives this charge. He says, if you seek him, Solomon, you'll find him. The Lord has chosen you. Be strong and do the work. 
If you seek him, Solomon, you'll find him. The Lord has chosen you. Be strong and do the work. The Lord has chosen you. Be strong and do the work. Be strong and do the work. He's passing it on to the next chapter, the next generation. Some of you listening to to me right now, you've been a Christ follower for a long, 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 long time, but you're not dead yet. So you're you're meant to be a part of a transition from one generation to the next. But listen to me, another generation is coming. Another generation is here. And to that generation, I say, be strong and do the work. The Lord has chosen you. I believe we're entering into a new chapter of God's move in our midst. Seek God with all your heart. He's chosen you. Be strong and do the work. You know, I've I've always had a a little bit of a sense of urgency. I, I kind of consider it a gift. Uh, it's a leadership gift. Urgency is the outworking of passion. So so let me specifically. I don't even know if there's any of you listening to me on this podcast. But let me speak for just a moment to those of you under the age of twenty five, Gen Z, and and younger. Many of you are trying to discover God's dream for your life, and I, I just I have this sense that God wants me to say to you. You are not the church of tomorrow. You are not the leaders of the future. You are not the dreams that are yet to be. You're the church of today. You're the leaders of this moment. You are the dreams that God is releasing now. And if you will seek God with all your heart, you will find him. He's chosen you for great work, so be strong and do the work. Be strong and do it. Be the ones that turn the heart of the next generation back to God. Be the ones who feed kids around the world and restore people's hope and the goodness and the greatness and the power and the majesty and the beauty and humility and sovereignty of Christ. Be the ones who love each other and love your neighbors, love your enemies. Be the ones who serve cities and and love those who despise you. Be the ones who become so like Jesus that no matter where you go, there he is. Step into your stories of the goodness and the greatness of God that is beyond, beyond understanding. Let me read it again, this time from the New Living Translation. And as you listen, just ask God, who do you want me to tell about your goodness and your greatness, and how can I invite the next generation into the story, God, of what you are doing? I will exalt you, my God and my King, and I will praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. For the Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you, for they will speak of the glory of your kingdom. 
They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and the glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all that he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hungry and and the thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He's filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. I will praise the Lord, and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. Father God, that's our prayer. We we bless your name. May everyone on earth bless your holy name forever and ever. God, I, I pray for the next generation. I pray for the generations to come, that they would step into their own stories, the stories that you that you want to write in their lives, the stories of your greatness and your goodness. May they find over and over and over again what the psalmist says in verse 8, that you are merciful and compassionate. You're slow to get angry and you're filled with unfailing love. And may there be story after story after story to come, not not just for us to tell now, but for, for the decades, the, the years, the, the moments, the months to come, God, that, that there would be stories of your greatness, your beyond greatness and your beyond goodness that we would be able to share with each other. God, thank you that you are the God of all nations and that you are the God of all generations. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.